Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your Word. The entrance of your Word, it giveth light and understanding to the simple. We thank you, Father, for light and illumination. Thank you, Father, for your presence like never before. Thank you, Father, for your word in season to the one that is weary. Thank you, Father, for the dark places will experience your light today, the light in your word. We give you thanks, Father, because it, it will be your doing and it will be marvelous in our eyes. I ask, Father, that somebody will go home with an encounter of the God kind. In the name of Jesus, amen. This evening, um, I have the privilege of bringing God's word. And uh, I would like us to open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew 6 and verse 5. Uh, we'll read together um, we'll do it Pastor Shola style you know I'll read the first verse and then you go ahead and read the next verse um, we'll be using the New King James version hallelujah are you ready Matthew 5 and verse 6 sorry verse Matthew 5 and Matthew 6 and verse 5 rather I'll read and when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. Go on. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. All right, for this part we're going to read together. I believe everybody knows this. In this manner, therefore, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and now read verse 14 for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you not forgive men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses moreover when you fast do not be like the hypocrites which with a south with a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting assuredly i say to you they have their reward but you when you fast anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but your father who is in a secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly hallelujah this evening shortly i will i would like to um i feel led to do a little diagnosis a little diagnosis and then after that we'll spend some time to um to pray 
diagnosis is an examination of a subject to decipher or to determine what is wrong with this subject you see when you go to a doctor and you sit down in front of him and you say doctor I feel so and so in my body and then he begins to ask you certain questions when did it start what other things what else are you feeling are you feeling something in your ear as well are you feeling something in your tongue can I see your tongue can I see your eyes what is he doing he is trying to determine and to decipher what exactly is it that is going wrong some of us are here this evening and we have spent time praying how many people pray in this place can I see your hands up you I'll be surprised if you do not hallelujah um, and then we have prayed and there are certain times that it seems as though we have answers to those prayers but then there are certain times that it seems as though we just prayed and then we just move on I'll never forget an illustration that um, a certain pastor used uh, when I was um, growing up he said um, God told him one day that in a believers life if you look at the believers life it seems as though you will see many uncompleted buildings some people started the process of faith and the process of prayer to get some things and projects in their life but it seems that though at some point they just gave up on their dreams and we're gonna see in scripture here how that God made Jesus made certain audacious statements and then people like Martha made certain audacious statements she says something as simple and as and as and as amazing as I know that whatsoever you ask the father he would do it this is not Jesus saying it himself but this is Martha who is the third person in that relationship Jesus had a relationship with the father but then she was a third person in that relationship and she had come to a knowledge that she knew that whatsoever Jesus asked the father the father would do it and then Jesus later tells us that greater works than these are we going to do meaning that he was just setting an example and a precedence for your own prayer to be hundred percent accurate I lost some people when I said hundred percent accurate some of us at the back of our minds we have come to accept that yeah sometimes 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 God will answer and that God answers our prayer in three ways Abby what are the answers yes no and maybe where is that in scripture where is that in scripture Bible says in the book of 2nd Corinthians he said all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen come on say yes come on say yes all the promises of God in him are yes and amen so and when a believer enters into the presence of God to spend time to pray as long as he follows certain conditions he is supposed to live there with a conviction in his heart that I'm going to get this are you ready all right let's go verse let's start from the very first verse we read he said and when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites write this down number one in prayer image matters in prayer image matters he said do not be like 
the hypocrites. Being like is based on the image that the hypocrites have displayed. Who is a hypocrite? If you check the word hypocrite there, your favorite actors are hypocrites. A hypocrite, the word there is actually translated from the word that means to an actor. So somebody comes to perform, you know, we saw on, on Sunday, we saw the, uh, the parade. How many people remember the parade that we had, um, I think, two Christmases ago? You know, we had the parade. All they did there was acting. But according to this scripture, what they did there was hypocrisy. What does that mean? To be a hypocrite or to be an actor is to put up a performance in the place of prayer. What does that mean? It means that there is no real heart connection in that place of prayer. So if you are going to pray, you see, in our generation, I'm going to address certain things. We are praying in the spirit and then you have your phone and then you are scrolling to Instagram and then you are praying in the spirit. Tell someone beside you, you are being a hypocrite. No heart connection. See what he said. He said, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. No heart. No heart connection. But then we see what we should be like in the book of James chapter 5. Bible says, Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. And he prayed that it might not rain for three and a half years and it did not rain. And then he prayed again. He says, for the effectual heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes power available. Listen, listen friends. Your heart must be in that place of prayer. Your heart must be there. Prayer should be a time when you... When it seems that though it, it engulfs your being and takes all your attention. You cannot share attention in the place of prayer. You are doing business with God. Have you ever seen a surgeon who is in the place of surgery trying to open up the lady, trying to, sorry, not necessarily a lady, trying to open up the patient, hallelujah, before the, trying to open up the patient and then he's here, he's listening to music. If I was that patient, <laughs> I would wake up from the anesthesia they've given me. I go, oh God, God, I don't want this kind of doctor. Why? He is doing serious business. Serious business. Heart connection. Heart connection. Let's go on. It says they stand on the synagogues and the corners of the streets that they may be seen. See the purpose there. That they may be seen by men. Write this down. In prayer, motive matters. In prayer, motive matters. The answer to the question why is very important. Motive matters. Motive matters. Let's see the book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Yes. James chapter 4 verse, verse 2 to 3. It says, ye lost and ye have not. Ye kill and covet and ye cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. Ye have not because you ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may spend it on your pleasures. Pause there. When he says ye ask amiss, it means that you're supposed to 
target it, you are supposed to target this this way, but you're missing the mark. How then are we supposed to pray? First John chapter 5 and verse 14. He says, and this is the confidence. Have you seen somebody walking with confidence before? You see that shoulder pad up like this, and then they're just bouncing. That's confidence. He says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that when we pray according to his will, he hears us. So it's important to note, therefore, that the will of God must be known in prayer. God actually cannot do something outside of his will. He cannot. He can, he, he's bound by his word. He's bound by his will. He's bound to do what, he's set, what he has set to do from the beginning of time. That's how, that's how he is. So if you are praying for another man's wife, or you are praying amiss, or you are asking God, God, I want a job, when actually in his divine plan for you, you ought to be starting a business, you are asking amiss. You are missing the right mark. So sometimes we stay there and we say God did not answer when we're not diligent enough to, enough to discover his will in prayer. He says, as surely I say to you, they have their reward. Verse 6 says, but you, when you pray, come on, say, but me, when I pray. He says, go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father. Number three, positioning matters. In prayer, positioning matters. Now, I must bring a balance to this. Jesus has said that we should go into our closet and we should spend time to pray. What about me that I want to pray in the Spirit on my way to work? What about me that I want to pray in the Spirit as I'm walking down to church? What about me that I'm in an Uber and I want to pray in the Spirit? I'm just taking a stroll all alone and I want to pray in the Spirit. Listen, guys, you must understand that there's a difference between edifying yourselves. Bible says in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Beloved, building up yourselves or edifying yourselves in your, or your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Bible says that he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. There is such a praying in tongues that what you are doing is you are edifying yourself. Big English. It means you are increasing your sensitivity to the things of the Spirit because you are spending time with God. He that prays an unknown tongue does not speak to men but unto God, for no man understands it. How be it in the Spirit? He speaks mysteries. You are getting more sensitive. Your ears are sharper. I'll never forget, I think it was about a month ago. Usually when I'm driving, I just spend time praying in the Spirit. It's a habit that I just formed and... I, I do not apologize for it. I just pray in the Spirit. Uh, sometimes I'm, I, I'm not praying and I just catch myself just praying in the Spirit. And I'm just praying and I'm just praying. And then this morning, I don't know which devil whispered into my ears. I just said, oh, Benny, what, what are you even praying for? What exactly are you praying for? I mean, I me to I now answered and said, it's true, Seth. Oh, yeah, Dito, what are you praying for? What are you praying for? What? I just entered into the filling station and then there was this car. You know this car? You know this, this phrase where they say, never fight with ugly people. They have nothing to lose. Have you, drag, have you seen someone dragging, um, dragging road with a yellow bus before? I, have you seen someone in a Bentley dragging? No, they don't. They just carry a wala and go. I was minding my business on the queue for fuel. And then this car just reversed into me. Fortunately, it was just a little scratch 
and I heard the whisper of the Spirit. That is what you were praying for. I'll give another example. It was after Gethsemane, before the lockdown, really. I was driving on my way home after Gethsemane, you know, had an amazing time in church. Prophet probably preached the message of a lifetime, you know, you know, our pastor likes to, you know, preached and I was just enjoying myself, you know, praying in the spirit as usual. And then I was about to overtake a bus. It was on CMD Road. And then I just felt led in my heart that I should just let him go. And then I just pushed the brakes and then the car just went. In literally three seconds, the guy's tire just came off. And the thing just, the car just rolled, 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 rolled. And right there in my front, the tire just stopped. And I just drove over it and I continued. Tell someone beside you, pray in the spirit. Your sensitivity is heightened. You will hear him. You will hear him. How be it in the spirit? You start praying in the spirit like this. In the spirit. You immediately. You don't have to wait. Right there on your way home. You do it under your breath. Let's try it. Let's try it. Come on. Come on. I want to see you pray. Sensitivity is heightened. You are in an exam hall, praying the spirit. You are about to enter an interview, praying the spirit. You are about to enter a promotion interview, praying the spirit. Jesus, I have done it over, over, and over again. I will enter into performance review sessions, having prayed up in the spirit, prayed up in the spirit. And the questions they are answering me is like his word of wisdom that I'm using to answer them. By the time I'm done, there are smiles on the on the panel, on the on the faces of the panel. Why? I have done something. I have cooked something. Tell someone beside you, pray in the spirit. But then there comes a time where you want to do business. You will close your door. You will close your door. And you will go into that secret place. You will go there like you want to change and turn the wheels of your own life. You want to hit another milestone. You are tired of where you are. You will go into that closet. I have tarried on this mountain for too long. You will go into that closet. Positioning matters. Listen, Pastor Shola taught us. There's the outer court. When we pray in the spirit, you've entered into the flow. But it's still outer court. There is inner court. There is depth. And there's holy of holies. There's depth. Enter into the closet. That's your holy of holies. Depth. Depth. There's ankle level, there's knee level, there's when it's at your waist, and there's when you are swimming. Depth. Come on, tell someone beside you, depth. Positioning matters. Proverbs 18 verse 1. Bible talks about how through wisdom, a man separates himself and intermeddles with all wisdom. There is a separation that is required for intimacy. There is a separation that is required for intimacy to, intimacy to bring out a new level for you. There are some things that don't happen on the road in an Uber in your car. You have to enter into closets. There are some whispers. There are some information. There's some direction. There's some wavelength, some frequency that you cannot get to until you quieten everything and enter into your closet. Tell someone beside you again, positioning matters. It matters. It matters. Enough of 
at when the only prayer time that you have is when you come to church that's 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 uncle level enough of the only time when you pray is when you're on your way to work and you're just praying in tongues it's okay it's a good level but there is depth there is depth hallelujah hallelujah he says but when you pray go into your room and when you shut the door pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret will reward you openly why didn't angel gabriel come and appear to mary when she was fetching water why didn't the same angel appear to zacharias while he was with his wife elizabeth there has to be some secret place encounters for you to hit certain milestones in your life secret place secret place the key to that business that industry is waiting for you in the secret place it's waiting for you there Ephesians 3 he said that we might show to the world the manifold wisdom of God inside of Jesus is an embodiment of everything that makes this world work and you carry him on your inside for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world he's just waiting for you to give him attention in the secret place positioning matters struggling God how when do I leave this place when do I leave this level secret place hallelujah it says verse 7 and when you pray do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do in prayer what you use matters how you pray matters write that down how you pray matters you see um and when it, um, that that word vain repetitions it's it refers to idol worship in their routine there are certain things that they say as they bow to bow or bow to whatever it is there are certain things that they say you know i'm sure you know certain religions that you know that you're familiar with there are certain repetitions certain routines that they say certain things they just continue to do it over and over again and jesus was saying there that they think they will be heard because of their it's not about the volume it's about the depth it's not about how many times. That is why Pastor, it's, it's, not, it's not enough for you to continue to confess the word. Confess the word. We're going to see it first. There is something, there's some intercourse that should, that should precede the declaration of the word. Hallelujah. Verse 14. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses now we know that jesus has already paid the price for all our sins he has already paid the price for the for the sins of the world to be taken away but then the same scripture says in in, in the book of um, mark chapter 11 and verse 25 he says when you stand praying forgive if you have ought against anyone that's number one number two by Paul's preaching he said where there is strife there is confusion and every evil work what that means is that if I am holding a grudge against mr. Ketiku today I have just I didn't am um, what I am holding is actually not a grudge I am holding confusion 
and every evil work. By myself, I open the doorway for the enemy to invade my life. So that guy that did you dirty, that lady that broke your heart, that you are holding on to her, you are not holding on to her. What are you holding on to? Confusion and every evil work. How can your prayers be answered when you are holding on to confusion? You can't have clarity. Confusion is the absence of clarity. Confusion is I'm looking at something and I'm seeing double or triple or four things. How can I aim well? It can't work. So decide it today. Am I going to continue to hold on to that guy or hold on to that lady? Because it's guys and ladies that used to offend now. <laughs> it's not only the guys. Am I going to continue to hold on to that? I'm going to choose to let it go. It says if you bring a seed and offering to the altar, Jesus speaking, and you remember that, ah, my brother ate my food. Or he has not returned that 200k that I borrowed him. And you, are, and you feel sad. You know, the, 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 the rule then, growing up was, if you are praying and you feel hurt, feel sad, no, no, hurt or sad, or upset with anybody, you deal with it right there in the place of prayer. Or else is what? Confusion and every evil work. And then he made a statement here. He said, when you fast, it's not if you fast. He says, when you fast. When you fast. I don't need to go into the details, but we know what fasting does. Fasting quietens the voice of your flesh so that your spirit can be more sensitive. There was a time when the disciples, they wanted to enter into a new realm. Jesus had anointed them and, and taught them how to, how to lay hands and cast out demons. And then there was this challenge that they faced. And then Jesus told them that this kind going not out, but by prayer. And then you add fasting to it. In fasting, you even clear much more than food. You clear the things that are cluttering your mind and your heart and your conduit and your pipe. You clear all those things and then there's a free flow of grace. There's a free flow of wisdom. There's a free flow of God's word towards you. When you fast. Hallelujah. There are four things that I would like us to address this evening. Four things. In fact, I, I dare say that there are four sets of people here or listening online this evening. Some people are at certain crossroads. What you require is wisdom. What you are the place where you need to answer the question what should I do? What should I do? There's something that you want to embark on. There's a project that you want to embark on. You have opportunities in front of you and you're, you're trying to find out what should I do. I have some money saved up. What should I invest in? I have some business openings. Should I go into it? What school should I go to? Who should I marry? Please pray about that one. <laughs> Please pray, oh. Let's see the book of Habakkuk chapter 2. 
Habakkuk chapter 2. He says, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tables, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. You are not going to get those answers. I, I, I really wish you would and you could and you will. But you are not going to get those life-changing, transforming answers on the surface. You are going to have to be like Habakkuk here. And you are going to have to stand your watch and get into depth. It's right there in front of you. The answer is right there in front of you. What is standing in between you and your answer is just a commitment to deeper. What is standing between you and the direction that you seek is just a commitment to deeper. On the other side of that commitment to depth is actually greatness. On the other side of that commitment to God and to the next level and to what he wants you to do in your life that wisdom that direction on the other side is greatness so by the spirit of God this evening I'm calling you to deeper I'm calling you to deeper go deeper go deeper what does it mean to go deeper I don't want it to seem like something vague do something beyond what you have done normally simple if you have woken up to pray with the church, um, with the church family, 7 a.m. every morning, and that's all you do, it's fine. Depth will require that you either wake up earlier or you stay up late at night and just say, God, I need answers to this situation. And I'm going to spend time to pray. You in your closet. Habakkuk had to go into the closet. And what happened? He got his answers. He got his own answers. Your own answers are right there on the other side of depth your answers are there on the other side of commitment to what god wants to do the next one there are some people that are in a place of you need provision actually you are you have it seemed as though you are running from this source to this source to this idea to this idea trying to make things happen hustling my grind like somebody told me on Sunday and you are grinding it and you are grinding and the more you grind the more it turns to powder and you are grinding and it seems as though it's just not working I would like to read a scripture that God brought to my heart. I said I was going to address this. Mark chapter 11. It's a scripture we know. Verse 22. 
Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And that sets the pace for the very next set of verses and the very next set of statements that he was going to say. For assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast to sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. If we see that word, have faith in God, let's put some perspective to that. How do we get faith? Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm going to have faith in God and be able to say and speak to mountains, I must first of all get to a position where I've heard God. Listen to this and don't forget this. Your prayer has ended when you have an instruction from God concerning that situation. When you have prayed and he has said, Rachel, do X, Y, Z. The strength with which you are going to carry out those instructions and the conviction with which you are going to carry out those instructions is going to be different from if I just come and say, ah, Rachel, do this, do this, do this. You'll still be arguing, ah, this man that is telling me to do this thing. Is he sure? Has he ever done this kind of thing before? But then you spend time to pray and then God gives you an instruction, a direction, a wisdom concerning your provision. It comes from that place of prayer. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That hearing by the word of God is not just a, it's not just that I'm reading scripture. It is when in the place of reading scripture and fellowshipping with God, he drops certain things in your heart. I'm reminded of certain people, great men, you know, Ken Hagen, of blessed memory. And he will say things like, for the ministry, it takes him just three days to believe God for a million dollars. I'll say that again. It takes him just three days to believe God for a million dollars. That means that from the time he starts this process of faith to when the money enters into the, off the ministry account is three days. What did they, where did that come from? His use. Hearing. Okay, so what do I do? Thank you, Father. And then just go ahead and do. And then, bam. You get your results. Listen, provision. Front steady flow of provision in your life. Let God give you direction. Your grinding will stop. I'm serious. Your hustle, it will stop. When you know that you are born on the wings of grace. Hallelujah. In the book of John chapter 16, there are some people that are actually facing deep-seated challenges. It's actually a deep-seated challenge. Like, you have... There's someone that actually has a deadline. Like, if this deadline crosses, it is almost literally the end of me. <laughs> John chapter 16, he said, Behold, <laughs> tribulations will come, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's no situation that beholds, that comes against you that is not common to man, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able to carry, but will in that temptation provide a way of escape. In the book of John chapter 11, we see Jesus facing a challenge. Some man that he loved called Lazarus, they sent him a message. He received a WhatsApp. Jesus was on Instagram and then one WhatsApp just came in. 
Lazarus is sick. You need to come and pray for him. And I was interested. It was interesting too. They gave us some preamble. They said, and then there was a certain man in Bethany whom Jesus loved. And then his sister Mary, who used her hair to wipe his feet and anointed him with ointment. And his sister Martha, whom Jesus loved. These were people that Jesus actually had a relationship with. The Bible says he loved them. So that means that there was a relationship with them. So it was not just some random um, blind Bartimaeus or some random Syrophoenician woman or some random people. These were Jesus guys. He's Jesus. He used to eat fish with them. He used to, they used to go out when it was time to go to across the river. He would take them along with him. They were his guys. And then they said, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Bible actually said that Jesus waited for two days. If it was you, you told your friend you needed a hundred K. And your friend was posting you. Your G, your guy that you know has money. Well, what do you say? That's the end. <laughs> your G, your guy, he just bought Homer and he has extra money. You know he, you know he has money. Papa Alpha, I need cash. I beg. I'll, go, I'll give you back at the end of the month. I'm expecting, I'm expecting one consignment from China. He waited two more days. And after the two days, he stood up and he told his disciples, he said, oh boy, Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go and wake him up. That means that their faith was in Jesus' ability to prevent the death of Lazarus. But there was something more that Jesus wanted to introduce to them. There was something more. Let's see verse 25. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Was who, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living. He wanted to introduce a new dimension. They have seen him heal the sick. They have seen him raise, they have seen him cleanse lepers. They have seen him grow limbs. They have seen him raise people up from, 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 um, disfigured legs he wanted to introduce a new level to them a new one let's see verse 32 and bible says that martha left and went to go and tell mary that our guy is around she ran to him so when mary came where jesus was and she saw him she fell down at his feet saying to him lord if you had been here my brother would not have died it shows what their prayer point was but then we see what jesus said earlier he said that the reason for his death is for the manifestation of the glory of God. What that means that if he had gone ahead and, you know, just laid down on him and he had raised him from... There was a new level that he wanted to introduce. Listen, that situation facing you is to cross a new level. It's to cross something new. Cross something new. Cross a new level. There are certain things that you cross that you don't pray for anymore because God has dealt with them in your past. You can walk into the next level knowing that ah, I've left this tiny. What 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 was this? Believing God for this? No 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 no. We move on to greater things. Hallelujah! It's a new level. God wants to usher you to something new. Stay with Him. Stay in that place. Let Him give you direction. Let Him give you direction. Prayer ends with an assurance. Let's go to verse 41. And we know the story when, when he saw Mary crying. Bible says, and Jesus wept. And he asked them, where have you laid him? And they took him to the stone. And he said, roll away the stone. And the same matter that said, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. She said, ah, 
he'll be dead four days. Four days. Let's see verse 41. And then they took away the stone from the place, the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people that are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. When was it that he prayed? He prayed in that two-day closet. He was able to tell his disciples, let's go and wake him up. Because he has already gotten his answer. Listen, you begin to confess and declare God's word when you have gotten your answer. That is when you begin to confess and to declare when you have gotten your answers from him. When you know, he said, I know that you always hear me. I know. He knew it. He was not confused. He was not, ah, hey, they are already rolling the stone. No? Oluwa, you must do something. Baba, she, she, Oluwa, she, she, Baba, she, she, Oluwa, she. No, he already knew. He had finished the work in the closet. The graveside was just a performance of what he saw. He already seen the outcome. He was already sure. That's what happens in your closet. You're already sure. So when you go for that interview, you know whether you're getting a job or not. You know whether it is time to move to that new organization or not. You already know. You're already certain. Because you have received a deposit from the creator of every circumstance in your life. You walk in there with confidence. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I remember one interview I went for my first job after NYSE. I introduced myself. I was with a partner. I introduced myself. I said, yeah, you sound very smart and, and confident too. I, I was here to take what I have taken. It is not there in front of the whole world that the thing happens. You first of all receive in the closet. That is where you receive. Jesus said, I know that you have heard me. And he had the boldness and the guts to travel all the way. To go and roll away a stone for a four-day dead man. Roll it. Roll it. And then finally this evening, I'd like to address some people. This set of people are comfortable. You are fine. Money, you have. Business, you have. Health, you have. You are just okay. Things are already working for you. You just got a nice job. Things are looking up. You're one of the bright stars in the organization. And then you've gotten comfortable. You've gotten okay. You're fine. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. I'd like us to read this scripture together. Philippians 3.10. Where are you? All right. 10 to 14. Let me just read. Paul speaking says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection 
the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected but I press on that I may lay hold on that for which Christ has also laid hold of me brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forward for those things that are ahead I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus I don't care how comfortable you are I don't care how okay you are there is more there is more there are more lives to reach <laughs> there's more impact there's more destiny to achieve there's more 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 Isaiah 54 and verse 2 he said lengthen your cords strengthen your stakes expand to the right and expand to the left expand increase capacity there's more you can handle there's more for you to reach get out of yourself there's more to life than what shall we eat what shall we drink where we what shall we be clothed you are eating you have drank you have nice clothes and you think that's the end there's kingdom to seize i'm speaking to comfortable people i'm rattling your mind here there's more to reach for let me read this scripture second corinthians chapter 5 You've, you've gotten provision and then you're okay. You're not. You're, your life is fine. Verse 10, 2 Corinthians 5:10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Pause there. The judgment seat of Christ, judgment talks about a weighing scale. That is why when you see the symbol of uh, a, a, the symbol of the judge, her eyes are covered to show transparency. I'm not looking at your face. There's a sword, which is a standard. Ideally, it's the word of God, which is supposed to be the standard. In the olden days, it was pointing to the word of God, which was the standard. And then there was a weighing scale. At the judgment seat of Christ, your, your, the, how much of what God puts on your inside for your generation is going to be put on one side and how much you actually conformed to that is going to be put on the other side I don't know if it's this chapter but it says that our works will actually be passed through fire as in through fire so it's not only people that are going to hell that will experience fire how much we align to the script for your life so if you have gotten comfortable I pity you get a new vision say God okay I'm okay now so what next what city do you want to take what people what people group do you want to reach we're all part of the um, okay maybe not all but there's the, last year we had a session with uh, Robert Slayerdon and then somebody just asked, I don't know who asked him a question that, you know, we've seen God send people to 
countries. We've seen God send people to nations. We've seen God send people to, you know. And then what, what do you see God? This is somebody who has worked with God for so many years, worked with generals and so on. And then he mentioned something very, very, that I've just dropped to the side. He said, God is sending people to people groups. So it's not limited by geography anymore because with the internet, the world is your consistency. You can be right here and then you can have thousands of people joining you and getting fed by the value that you're adding to this earth. God is sending people to people groups. People groups. What are people groups? People that have been molested. God is sending some people there. People that are just coming out of prison. God is sending people there. People that have lost, that are orphans. God is sending people to them. People that have lost their, lost everything. People that, 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 that they don't understand what it is. People that have lost their identity. People groups. God is sending people there. I want to stir up your hunger this night because some people have actually, they've casted. They are okay. They are comfortable. They are fine with what they have. No! I press on. I press on. And guess what? It is worth praying for. It is worth praying for and asking God for. It is worth going into the closet for. Say, God, who have you sent me to? Do you think your life is about you? <laughs> it is what pray for. Who have you sent me to, Father? And how do I reach them for you? Who have you sent me to? Have you sent me to women? Have you sent me to people who are looking for jobs? Have you sent me to people who just got jobs? Have you sent me to people who have challenges with their bosses? Are you sending me? There are so many people groups that God can send you to. But you start in the place of prayer. Stand up on your feet this evening. We're going to pray a prayer in closing. A pr a prayer. Father, show me me. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. It says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. I like how the Passion Translation puts it. It says that the eyes of your understanding may be illuminated with light. Let me just read it. Just go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Hallelujah. Do you have the Passion Translation? Okay, I got it. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 verse 18, he says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. When the light of God comes upon your eyes, what happens? Is that you begin to see you the same way, the same way that God sees you. I like the prayer that um, Pastor Tosin led, that as we behold into God's word, we are changed. As we behold into the things that he's telling us, we are changed. As we behold in a mirror, we are changed. There's an exchange, an exchange, an exchange. I'll lead us in this prayer and then I want you to begin to pray in the spirit. I pray, oh God, that the light of God will illuminate our eyes, flooding us with light until we experience the full revelation 
of the hope of his calling that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us I pray that we will continue to experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to us through faith that our lives may be an advert of his immense power as he works in us that is the mighty power of God wherever it is that you are I'd like you to begin and pray in the spirit and say God show me who I am show me show me me I'm tired of where I'm at right now show me me show me me I've looked at myself with my situation I've looked at myself with my circumstance Show me me, oh God. Show me me, oh God. Show me me. Show me the greatness. You say you put this treasure in earthen vessels. Show me, oh God. I want to see. I want to see. I want to come into a view. I am tired done with this I want more 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 oh God more oh God more oh God more 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 father more father and I receive fire fire on my altar Guys, it's just you and God this evening. No other person. No other person. The greatness on your inside, you can breath it now. The great blessing on your inside, you can breath it now. It can come alive from now, from now, from now. But then go ahead in your closet and he will show you who you are. There's somebody he's called you to. There's people he's called you to. So go ahead and do just that. Leva la gayada, ele pene balagadasta, rekele balagayate le balagayatara. In the secret place is a place of unveiling and revealing. It's a place where you exchange your old wine skin for new. 
it's a place where you are transformed into the image of who he actually made you to be no you're not joseph potiphar's servant no you're not joseph the prison warden you're joseph the prime minister don't get so comfortable in the prison don't get so comfortable in potiphar's house don't get so comfortable in the pit don't get so comfortable I heard somebody say my pit is the best it's still a pit it's still a pit <laughs> I heard somebody say my prison room is the best I've got DSTV I've got internet fiber I can do what I want it's still prison there's the palace and the influence waiting on the other side of the secret place you get into position position matters you get into position and there's an exchange in that place you say God take take what I've known take what I've held on to for so long take what has worked for me for so long and I exchange for who you want me to be that is a place of pressing that is a place of pushing that is a place of pressure where you see what he says it's that place <laughs> that's the place where the secrets of provision are opened enough of running around running around running around enough of that <laughs> the keys right there in the secret place the doors are right there in the secret place the openings are right there in the secret place waiting waiting for koinonia waiting waiting we thank you father and i pray for your sons and your daughters this night father let them have dreams and encounters and visions from you let them have visions as they approach you in the secret place as they draw near to you father let them feel like you drew near to them and let them see who they ought to be let them see who they ought to be let them see who they ought to be father we give you thanks oh god in the name of jesus hallelujah hallelujah we hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because god still has so much he wants to share with you so stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.